0: Hello, I'm Kimberly Dondo, Digital Content Manager, and welcome to In Conversation With, the podcast series that delves into the world of financial services and brings you face-to-face with some of the most notable figures in the industry. Listen as we discuss topics that are currently facing the industry and hear from visionary CEOs to disruptive innovators as we bring you a diverse array of voices and perspectives. We'll explore the challenges they faced, the lessons they've learned and the insights they have to share about the ever evolving landscape of financial services.
1: I'm Lois Valley, Chief Reporter for Money Marketing. And on this episode, I'm joined by Jake Moller, who is Senior Investment Consultant at Square Mile. Hi, Jake. Thank you for joining me today.
2: Pleasure to be here, Lois.
1: Um, so maybe we could start off by you could introduce yourself to our listeners, say a bit about yourself, um, how you got into financial services, and why you joined Square Mile in that order.
2: Okay. Um, uh, Jake Moller, and uh, I've Got into financial services via uh, a route in Australia. Um, as you can tell from the accent, I, I do have an Australian heritage. Um I've I've been a fund selector and researcher now for an excess of 20 odd years, and um, uh, I've you know Richard Romer Lee at, at Square Mile Research for, for some time, and uh, I I I got the job here through through him. So um that's a a little bit about me. Um, My background's in economics and accounting and all that good stuff. And uh, uh, I play classical piano.
1: Nice. Want to say a bit more about that? Who's your (laughs) favourite classical musician? Um, Chopin, Frederick Chopin. Uh, I,
2: I, I, I try to play as many pieces of his as I can, but, you know, financial services does take a lot of time and music don't pay the rent.
1: Mm, true. Well, I actually um I know. Uh, do you know Lindsay Ricks at Canada Life?
2: Yes, I, I know of him. Yes.
1: So she um she <laughs> um actually started off wanting to be a concert pianist, I think, and and sort of started on down that route. And I that's thought that's like- an interesting. It's interesting to then switch to financial services, but actually, she explained it to me as she sort of likes the mathematics side of music more than the creative side. And I was Uh, like, okay, so yeah, mathematics, music, financial services, it does all sort of interlink in a way.
2: It it is very closely related. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Great. Well, okay. So um, the first thing I wanted to talk a bit about was um, what are some of the key challenges that you're seeing for financial advisors? What key challenges are they facing today, would you say?
2: Financial advisors... um have always been at the call front of regulatory changes haven't they and uh, I don't see this year being any different indeed last year you know consumer duty you RDR what a, what a change that was um SDR coming down the road I think the impacts there you know more of the onus is on fund managers but um financial planners have a lot on their plate as well as seeing us through um market volatility they've got to deal with all the new regs um and keep their clients happy. It's a, it's a very tough job, and I've got a lot of respect for them. But I think the regs, you know, the reg, getting your heads around the regulation and the the amount of resources that they have to put into to satisfying regulatory requirements, I think is is not inconsiderable.
1: Um mm, yeah. You know. No, definitely. Um, I did want to talk a bit about um, SDR actually, because obviously. With the rising importance of sustainability and and people being a lot more focused on that nowadays, I would say it's a generalization, but I think it's mm. the right one. Um, obviously that sort of catapults ESG and responsible investing more into the mainstream. Would you say financial advisors are prepared for that from, from what you've seen? Yeah.
2: I, actually, I, 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 they're certainly, they, they are certainly very interested in it. Um, I think there was still a little bit of confusion out in the market. You know, we we send our advisor surveys out, and um, for want of trying, you know, I, I don't think we've been the best industry at, at getting a consensual language around around um, responsible investing, uh, and that that's made it a little bit more difficult to understand. But you know, our, our advisor survey I think reported um, some seventy percent of our advisors. Within three years, expected at least fifty percent of their business to be in responsible type products. You know, so that's a fairly that that to me shows that there is a grasp of what's going on out there. Um, it's not just popular narrative; mm. uh, it is translating into fund flows.
1: Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, and obviously, you you just touched on it there, but the the deadline for the implementation of the consumer duty is fast approaching. Um, how do you think financial advisors are responding?
2: Uh, I I sense that a lot of it, a lot, a lot of responses have been left last minute. Um, you know, and, and we've had a lot of queries from some of our financial advisors, you know, to, to help them with it. And we you know, we we have been helping them, but the management of the timeframes is always I think there's always underestimation, underestimating the the time lags involved. I think it's easy to think that you know you can do this very quickly. In actual fact, the kind of resources and and training and and understanding of the regs you have to get your heads around means there's a longer lag, a, a longer lead time into this than than uh, people think. Um, so so you know we were able to to um, tee up quite a few specialists with some of the advisor groups we worked with and and help them through it. Um, but I would say in the main, it's, um, been pretty well received, uh, and, um, you know, advisors are great at, at, uh, getting their heads down, getting things done and then moving on to the next uh, issue. So, mm. um, so. But, yeah, I think that's in pretty good, pretty good shape.
1: Yeah. It's like me at university leaving my essay till the night before and then very much regressing it. <laughs> it's, well, it's,
2: it's, yeah, it, it it's just a rule in, in, in technical regulatory things always take longer.
1: Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. Always,
2: yeah. Um,
1: I did want to talk a bit about the both the advice gap and the advisor gap, which I know is something that's spoken about a lot um, in the advice space. Do you think we're any closer to closing the advice gap and therefore sort of getting more people into advice or do you think there's still a long way to go there?
2: I think there's a bit of a way to go. Um, it's interesting um, seeing my native Australia go through some of some reforms at the moment that are similar to the RDR reforms that we went through a few years ago. Um, you know, the whole concept of fee for service and moving away from commissions-based advice. I don't necessarily think, think was a good thing in all respects, because it did price out a lot of the smaller clients. Um, And to this day, I think, you know, there is still, I think it's clear that online advice is still, still has a way to go. Uh, And nothing encourages um, clients better than dealing with someone face to face. Uh, But unfortunately, you know, advisors are under such resource intensive requirements and demands on their time. Um, I think there are still a number of clients that or potential clients, small clients, younger clients that, that are falling through the advice, uh, in, into the advice gap. And uh, I think that's a bit of a shame. Um, yeah, yeah, we are where we are. You know, I, I don't ever see us moving back to a commission structure again, but, um, I, it did have some advantages in, the, in that an advisor could, could get something out of advising a smaller client, um, it's not that's not the case now so
1: yeah no I was having a conversation about that the other day and the fact that um quite often banks used to have more advisors and offer advice to potentially clients with smaller pots and then yes the and you
2: know a lot of that would in. be yeah a lot of that would be tight products so it wouldn't be whole of market and you know that's and I think for smaller clients that's okay and and then as their pot grows they can then you know get more sophisticated advice um and you know, that's a model which, which in Australia has been quite popular, but then, it's been bedevilled by you know fraudulent fraudulent advisers and and lack of lack lack of uh, um, supervision. So, uh, yeah, that there are always problems with any type of model that comes out. So I don't know whether we've got it quite right yet, but I, I certainly think we're getting better at it.
1: Mm, yeah. And um, one thing I've been looking into quite a lot recently and speaking about is um, artificial intelligence and whether that will help at all, because obviously there was robo advice sort of didn't fully work but from what I've heard from speaking to people, but potentially sort of hybrid yeah. advice and AI might might help close that gap a bit.
2: It might. I, I've had a play with chat GBT and it's interesting, you know, it, I think sometimes it can give you a good technical response without quite standing context and until until you you know every single client has a slightly different context and you can you'll get them to fill out questionnaires and put them into different risk buckets and so on and so forth but there's always a slight calibration that I think only a human can adjust to um, I'd yeah, I'd be surprised if that is uh, the, the 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 answer but early days
1: It is yeah early days and people are talking about chat GPT Obviously, it's still in fairly early stages of development. I've also had a play around with it, and we're sort of talking about it in a journalist context as well because obviously there was all that talk about AI stealing people's jobs and it was as relevant for a journalist as for a financial advisor. Um, but I'm not worried because I wrote a feature for our May issue and I asked Chat GPT to write the intro to it so I could compare the two intros and I would say mine was much better, so I'm not worried for my job yet, however, um, no,
2: well, the the Irish Times has been stung, hasn't it, with uh, that that article that was submitted and uh, written by AI. Um,
1: I know, so, well, and also it's it's a bit out of date, I think, because it only, from what I've been told, it only has information up to the end of twenty twenty one. So it just discounts anything from twenty two onwards.
2: Yeah, I'm always I'm always careful of false prophets. Um, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm not scared of it. I, I've had a play with it. I embrace technology. Most of us do in this industry. You know, it's a tech it's a tech heavy industry and. Uh, um, I think you've got to embrace these things rather than fear for them.
1: Yeah, definitely. However, you only have to look at how quickly the iPhone developed to f- realise how quickly these sorts of things can develop. And
2: well, that's right. The quiz night has long been corrupted by this technology. So um, yeah, AI <laughs> could be could end it totally,
1: wiping us all out. Let's hope <laughs> not. <laughs> um, Yes. So, moving on, um, what would you say are some of the biggest changes you've seen in the industry since you joined in the advisor space in the investment world?
2: Uh, Without a doubt, it's 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 responsible investing. That, to me, you know, I I joined the industry in well, nineteen, let's say, early nineteen nineties. This has been a sea change in the way we think, in the way that we talk about investing, the practical implications um you know the paths that it opens up, the 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 opportunities it presents for clients, for fund managers, for advisors. Um, it's an absolute sea change. Um, it's as big as anything that I've been involved in. And you know, I was there when the Millennium Bug was the big thing. This is big and it's still evolving. Um, and it's very, very interesting. So um we've really got to with it, and I think the fact that you know ESG funds and responsible investing has had a challenge on performance um, after a good run has also tested the metal. And I think when you start seeing um, responsible investing become a political issue, as you have in the states, and and there's also you know there's a big in, in Australia. I was there recently, and they they're shutting down some of the coal-fired power stations, which is causing all sorts of practical increases in electricity charges for for the consumers and they ask questions about what it all means. You know, we are really reaching that pivotal point now where um, things are happening and they're having material effects on on us as consumers, uh, not just the way we invest money, but the way we spend money, uh, and and the way we have to spend money. So, um, you yeah, know, this issue is great. It's interesting. Is it a force of good? Absolutely. Um, but are there more teething difficulties ahead? I, I think there are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Well, it's interesting before I joined money marketing, I, I wouldn't really have even thought about investment as being, I think probably where you invest your money is one of the biggest changes you can make to become more sustainable and and help tackle climate change. And I don't think it's really spoken about as much as, so I used to write about energy companies um, and water companies, but the energy companies particularly, they were talking about this just all the time and the shift to a more like net zero economy I just don't think it's spoken about as much, even in the time I've been at Money Marketing, which has been nearly two years now, it's very much ramped up, I would say, in my experience. People seem to be speaking about it more and and it seems to be on the agenda a lot more for people. Um, And it's, yeah, it's it's definitely, it's interesting.
2: It it is interesting. Um, You know, I I think, again, we, you know, there have been a few, a few, you know i think there have been some you know cynical attempts to market products incorrectly and you know, the fca has probably been right to sort of prevent greenwashing um, but i think the fact that once upon a time this was an issue that was only discussed in the trade press and in, then rarely, um but now you see it in the nationals you see you see it on, on, in in on the television um you know and then that creates a virtuous circle of knowledge, doesn't it? So, I see journalists now also being more akin to gatekeepers in the way that they they keep fund managers to account. They hold fund managers account to account. You know, they attend AGMs more readily to see what's going on from a from a sustainability perspective. So, there is this certainly this virtuous circle of learning that we're all undergoing, um, and slowly the tide is rising. I think we're all becoming better actors.
1: Mm, yeah. Certainly hope so. Um, Just finally then, what one piece of advice would you give to someone looking to break into this industry, financial services, financial advice, investment world?
2: Um, I'm still learning a lot from going to things. Just go to to anything you're invited to, Lois. I do. (laughs) Well, as you should. That's why you're becoming such a well-networked journalist because that's how you... Get opportunities to, to meet people with different views to, to supplement your technical knowledge that you've learnt from university. Um, financial services still is and will remain, I think, a, a, a person's game, right? You've got to know people. Um, now, we can't all go to Oxford and Cambridge. Um, you know, I'm Australian, I don't know anything about the British class system, it hasn't helped me at all. But what has helped me. Has been going to events, going to the pub, going to meet people after work, um, and being curious. You know, a lot of sales pitches go to them. If people think going to see a fun sales pitch is a bad thing. You know, they're trying to sell me. Go to it because you'll learn something, and that salesperson will one day become your friend or become someone who can help you in your career. So that would be my advice. Is that. the the way that I've got ahead is is not necessarily by knowing stuff because there's a lot of stuff I don't know but it's by it's been by knowing people and being curious
1: great yes definitely I would echo that lovely okay well I think that's all we've got time for for this episode but thank you very much for joining me Jake I've really enjoyed chatting with you today
2: been a pleasure Lois thank you for your time
0: Thank you for listening to In Conversation With. We do hope that you enjoyed it. Please do keep up to date with all our new releases via Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts from. You can also keep up to date with all our new content published on the Money Marketing website, as well as our print edition Money Marketing magazine. So make sure to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. See you next time.